Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. To all of you listening, I want to say one thing. Good for you. Good for you to have clicked on this podcast with a title name that you might not recognize. It's true. Many of the best stories in golf exist beyond the PGA Tour. Even though the tour is a primary focus for many golf media sites, the golf world extends far beyond that. And anyway, today's guest is Emma Talley. She's a 24-year-old rookie on the LPGA Tour, but she's not just that. She's also the 2013 U.S. Amateur Champion, 2015 NCAA Women's Champion, and she recently qualified for this month's Women's U.S. Open at Shoal Creek. Emma, what is up? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Now, I buried the lead a little bit uh, when I said rather generically that you'd be playing at Shoal Creek uh, because Shoal Creek is your home course, isn't it? Yeah, I was really, really excited. Um, this is probably the uh, this will be my fifth U.S. Open, and this is probably the one that I wanted the most out of any tournament I've ever played in because it's at my home. Well, it's my home course the last two years since I got out of college, and um, I love Shoal Creek. I've played there uh, so many times, so I'm really excited to get there and in a couple of weeks and play. Yeah. So, have you been back there uh, since qualifying? No, because qualifying was last week, and we're in Virginia now. But um, yeah, I'll just go for the practice rounds in a couple of weeks, and it'll be the same courses I've all, I always play, which will be nice. <laughs> yeah. Has, has anyone from the club reached out to you? Do you do you know many people there? Because you're kind of part of a, a special program there, aren't you? Right. So they have a program for touring pros, um, and I'm a part of that. Um. No, I, I haven't did that, but a lot of people have gotten in touch with me. Uh, they all are really excited to come watch, and they're all excited for that I'm getting to play. And, yeah, I'm really excited. I do know a lot of the members, and I've gotten several phone calls, so it's been cool. So if you're going to estimate, how many times do you think you've played Shoal Creek? I really have no idea. A lot. <laughs> um, I've been out there the last two years, even before that. Um at the University of Alabama, we would go and play. So I played with them. We've also played our regional championship there in college. So I've played several rounds at Shoal Creek. Yeah, and for people who don't know, uh, Shoal Creek is down in Alabama, and it will host the, the Women's U.S. Open. That's two weeks from now. So I imagine the course is probably closed off right now, don't you think? Um, I actually don't think it is, but they don't get much play because it's so private. So um, it'll be in good shape, hopefully, by the time we get there. So what's the do you do you know your lowest score out there that you that you've played at Shoal Creek? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Usually I don't. Usually I don't even keep score because I just I'll play a few holes here and there and then you know it, it's my home course. So I don't really go out and play eighteen holes very often. I just kind of practice on it and like I said, I've had a few tournaments there, but I really don't keep score every time. Yeah. Well, I also buried the other lead when I skipped over how you qualified. So you birdied the 36th hole at sectional qualifying in Georgia just last week. And then you, that's just to get you into a three for one playoff. And yes. uh, so you're standing on the tee knowing that you need to beat two other women to just get in to Shoal Creek for the U S open. Like what's going on in your mind at that point? Yeah, I was really nervous, but I've been playing well pretty much the whole second round. The first round I played pretty poorly, but I had some momentum, which was which was really nice. And then as I started um, the playoff hole, I hit a good drive, hit a good second shot, and then the nerves kicked in. And I had a pitch shot, and I hit it to about six feet on the par five, and 
I had a six footer for birdie and made it and sealed the deal. So it was, I was so nervous. I was shaking like 10 minutes after the fact and I was more nervous then than I've been in a very long time. So I was really, really excited. Yeah. And as I said earlier, the, the event's two weeks out. Um, but I don't think many people really know Shoal Creek. Like you said, it's, it's very private. Um, what kind of course is it for people who don't know? Um, I would say it's an old style golf course, tree lined pretty much, uh, pine straw, pine straw is everywhere. Um, the greens are really firm and fast and yeah, it's kind of a placement kind of course and you're going to have to hit it well, but you're obviously U.S. Open, you're going to have to putt really well. Do you have any idea how, how might, how different it might be from its typical play for people that do know the course? Cause at least the USGA tends to manicure in the yeah, special I have way. a good idea I have a good idea of kind of where the pins are going to be and then also I feel like when you play a course like Shoal Creek um you kind of have to know where to miss it as well yeah I don't think you're going to have any problem uh being one of the crowd favorites down there do you think <laughs> do you think uh do you think being the player who knows the course the best do you think that kind of makes the expectations for you a little bit higher yeah, it does put a lot of expectations on me, but the good thing is I've kind of got a plan going into the week. My agents helped me and my caddies helped me, and um, I'm going to turn my phone off probably the week of that week, really? uh, or just at least social media, down. because it's going to be crazy. So I'm basically going to just try to focus on myself and do the things that I do every week and not try to not put a lot of pressure on myself, but it's going to be weird playing my home course for a major. Um, I feel like not a lot of people get to do that, so... There will be some pressure, underlying pressure, but you just gotta. I just gotta play my game, and whatever happens, happens. Have you ever done that before, where you shut your phone off for just an extended period of time to just lock in on your game or, or your focus? Well, I haven't ever shut down my phone, but I've gotten off social media. I actually did it last year um, during the last tournament of my semester tour. Um, yeah. Tournament tour. And uh, that's how I got my card is through that last tournament. I actually finished second at that tournament so I could steal my LPGA card. So I have done it a few times whenever there's a lot of distractions just so I'm not not distracted by social media or a bunch of people trying to get in contact with me. So um, my family will be there and, if I need to get, if someone needs to get in touch with me, they have my parents' number. So yeah. uh, it'll be an interesting week, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. That takes a lot of restraint. I know you're 24. I'm 26, and I cannot really imagine shutting my phone down for a week. Yeah, it's really sad how much we're attached to our phones. Oh, it's really um, bad. Both times that I've done it, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I know this is probably defeats the purpose, but I usually get to catch up on some shows, watch. Um, watch some Netflix, and then I usually read my books, and I get to just spend the time with the people that are around me rather than trying to, um, you know, talk to everyone that's not around me where my feet are. So, yeah, I'm just going to at least shut social media down for the week of U.S. Open, and maybe my phone will see. That'll be hard. Like you said, I've never done that, but I will shut down social media for the week for sure. Yeah, that's one of the, the things I love. If If you travel out of the country, I just – keep my phone off the whole time and you, you kind of yeah it's, it's one great. of the benefits <laughs> you mentioned netflix what show are you going to be binging well i made fun of my college roommates for watching Grey's anatomy and i'd walk <laughs> in and they'd be crying and i was like y'all are ridiculous like it's just a tv show and now i'm I, i'm yeah. 
I've been watching Grey's Anatomy, so I'm on season nine, so I gotta continue Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Now, I think I think the, the last couple of minutes have shown people why uh, you're definitely a fan favorite already. I, I was scouring the internet the past couple of days, looking for a little bit of the Emma Talley story, and I'm just coming up on these articles of people that are just they're in so high praise of you. No one has ever <laughs> said a bad word about Emma Talley. Why is that? It's the accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that helps. Um, my friends in college used to say whenever they needed some, a favor from somebody, they'd like, Emma, you go ask. You always get your way. So the accent definitely helps. But I, I really, truly love what I get to do. I mean, I'm 24, getting to travel the world and make money, uh, make a living. So I'm just, I try to keep everything, this whole lifestyle in perspective and um, treat everyone equally. My mom is awesome, and every day before we'd go to school, she'd say, be, kind, be good, be kind, be smart, and make a difference to someone today. So um, I really just try to do that, and um, she's awesome. So I feel like that's kind of how I am, yeah, how I, like, I try to be at least. I like that. Now, your upbringing uh, stems from Kentucky, and in particular, a very tiny town, Princeton, Kentucky. Uh, I checked the, the population today, uh, and it's right around 6,000, uh, which is very tiny. I think, I think it's really smaller than that. I don't believe that. <laughs> wow. Even less than 6,000. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> We've so, got four stoplights, so it's really small. Okay. So are you the most famous person from Princeton, Kentucky? Um, one, of, one of them, probably. <laughs> um, in the Sally sign going into our hometown. So that's pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, everyone's really supportive, not just in Princeton, but in Western Kentucky. So it's kind of cool to grow up in a small town. Your audio cut out a little bit there, but uh, you, you were saying that there's a sign that says home of Emma Talley. I mean, you're pretty young to have that kind of distinction already. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And like I was trying to say my, my hometown's really supportive and it's really, it's not, it's a good and bad thing to live in a small town that everyone knows your business, but Everyone's really supportive, so I'm very blessed. Yeah, I came. I grew up in a, a town of about nine thousand people, and uh, this the saying "everybody knows everybody" is absolutely true. But when you're driving past that sign with someone uh, in riding shotgun, like they have to make fun of you, right? Yeah, and my boyfriend actually, the first time he came into town, was like taking pictures to show his family because he thought it was so funny. So. Um, yeah, whenever I bring someone new into town, they think they get a pretty good kick out of that. Now, uh, another thing I found on the internet, uh, is a video of you riding to the course singing Christina Aguilera. Do you care, <laughs> care to comment on that at all? Yeah, I, I love to sing. I'm a terrible singer, but, um, I do love to sing. So I love Christina Aguilera. I love music in general. So yeah, that's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. This video in particular, you're just kind of describing your life uh, on the Symmetra tour, and then you play Christina, and then all of a sudden you're really bashful and you won't sing, and then and then it jumps to a, <laughs> it jumps to clips of you just rocking out on your own. Um, I was pretty pleased that you were able to actually dive into the singing a little bit. Yeah, it was really hard. You think I was like nothing embarrasses me. And then whenever someone tells you to sing and you know you're a terrible singer, it's like, and it, you know it's going to be on social media, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have a Christina Aguilera poster in your bedroom? 
I don't. I have a Justin Bieber one though. <laughs> when did you get in on a Bieber train? Was it right away? Like really? Yeah, really early? I was there right away. Yeah, I was right away. <laughs> you know that Christina Aguilera is going uh, on tour again. I think it was announced just the other day. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to, my sister actually bought tickets, so if I don't have a tournament that week, I'm gonna go to it. So. Yes, I'm definitely going to be seeing Christina Aguilera at some point. Good for you. Um, that video that was done, that was done on the Symmetra Tour, um, which you were on last year, as you alluded to. You're now in your first season on the LPGA Tour. What is the biggest difference uh, between two, the, the two tours for you? Just the traveling. I mean, the traveling was hard on the Symmetra Tour, but it's even harder now. Um, you're just traveling. You're flying on a plane on Sunday night, and then, as a rookie, I'm having to play a lot more golf because it's four-day tournaments rather than three. So it's just a little bit different, but I'm really enjoying it. Has the uh, has the, the change been difficult, though? Like, wh- what does that mean to play another day's worth of tournament? For people that, that don't play four days in a row or don't play three days in a row, what does it actually do to your schedule or your, your body, your stamina and fatigue stuff? Um, yeah, you definitely fatigue because um, – a couple of weeks ago, it was my first day off in two months. So you play constantly, you play every day, and you just kind of got to be patient and got to time manage yourself really well. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it is hard, but like I said, I'm pretty blessed to be able to be doing what I'm doing. So very happy. Yeah. Now, one, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, tour rookies, be it on the PGA Tour or the LPGA Tour, is what their biggest surprise has been. Uh, I once asked a buddy of yours, Justin Thomas, like what his biggest surprise was, and he was just like shocked at how how easily you can book the wrong hotel or book a hotel in the wrong part of town. Um, yeah. What, what's the biggest surprise been for you? Um, I don't know, really. Um, I think just, like I said, I think the traveling, but me and my dad booked us, we, we both booked a hotel the same week in two different places. I paid for two hotels that week, which is kind of a bummer. So I've done that as well. So now my dad doesn't do it. I just do it myself. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what surprises. Um, I don't really have any. I mean, everyone's been really nice out here. Um, I think that was kind of shocking, unfortunately, <laughs> for me. You didn't think they'd be um, nice to you? Thought, well, I, I just thought it'd be more, uh, like, you know, the big names out here that you, you're kind of starstruck. A little bit I thought they would always somewhat be business-like or something but we're all just doing the same thing and we're all trying to achieve the same goal so um I think that was shocking how nice everyone was yeah is there anyone that has been like surprising and how how much they've been open to you or who's kind of like your go-to mentor out there I've been pretty lucky um everyone's been very welcoming to me and everyone's been very nice so I think that just uh, – I have a couple people. Stacy Lewis kind of has been a big help to me. Uh, Morgan Pressel has been a big help to me. There's been seven people that have really just taken um, me under their wing, and I, I'm greatly appreciated by that. You, you mentioned you guys are all – you guys kind of all share the same goals, but that's I – think, I think that's probably only true to some extent. I mean, as a rookie, your goals have to be – maybe a little bit different than uh, a 10-year veteran. What what were your goals kind of coming into your rookie year? Uh, are they to, to, yeah. to be rookie of the year, or is it to win? Is it to to retain your card? Where, where do your kind of goals sit? Whenever 
I finished my semester tour, I kind of wrote down a bunch of, a, a big list of goals. And I really do have a lot of goals that are probably veteran goals, but um, I also have some easier goals. Like I had a goal of retaining my card after this year. I had a goal of um, on my par fives, getting better at making birdies on par fives. But then I had goals like I want to be on the Solheim Cup team the next time and be on the Olympic team and be rookie of the year. Like I have a lot of goals and some of them are going to be hard to obtain, but um, I just got to keep playing my game and, and see what happens. I know this is kind of a, a cliched topic to talk about with you, but another guy who sets, who sets pretty high goals for himself is Justin Thomas. Another guy from Kentucky, played at Alabama, so a lot of similarities between you guys there. Um, you and JT are pretty tight, aren't you? Yeah, we're, we grew up playing together, and then obviously when we went to Alabama, we got even closer. And We don't talk as much as we used to just because we're both really busy, but he did FaceTime me a couple of weeks ago when he was with his grandparents, and they wanted to say hello. And So, yeah, we definitely keep in touch with, with each other, and we always support each other. And I always get a text here and there whenever I play well, and I do the same back. So he's always going to be a good friend of mine, and um, he's, he's just an awesome guy, and I'm so excited for him getting number one in the world now. And also, he just has done so much for Kentucky golf, too, and it's something that I look up to him for, and hopefully I can do the same in the next few years. Totally. Now, uh, one thing that is. I guess kind of define your rookie year a little bit has been whoever has been carrying your bag. Uh, what's been going on with, with your caddy situation? I guess, um, what are you, what are you kind of looking for? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So when I first started, I hired someone and because of family matters, he ended up not being able to come anymore. So, uh, that was kind of weird. Cause they just called me out of the blue when we, I was at a tournament, like I'm not coming. So I kind of, figure out what to do. So this other guy that had just um, had a, he's been out here for a long time. He's like, I can caddy for you the next three weeks. And then I've got, I can't do it anymore. And then, uh, so he did that. And then I hired a guy, his name's Jeremy Young. And that's him's on my bag right now. And he's awesome. Like, I'm so lucky to have him because as a rookie, you just don't usually get that. Um, you don't get one of the best guys and he's one of the best caddies and he's great. And I really like him. And, um, hopefully he'll be on my bag for a long time. The idea of caddies. Now you said you you kind of had to adjust on the fly a little bit. What's the difference between a guy like Jeremy and a random person? Like what what is the difference to you as a player to have someone uh, who isn't just kind of a Joe Schmo who who just has to like read greens and, and step out yardages? Yeah, I mean to me it's all about relationship and. Especially as a as a player, you want somebody that. I mean, we're all playing against each other out here. We all. We. I don't think that anyone wants someone else to play bad, but we're all trying to beat each other and get better. And so I think the cool thing about like having a caddy, a regular caddy every week, is that they know your game. They know how to calm you down. They know when you're mad. They know when you're upset. They know. They know you, um, and you spend so much time with them. They know your game really well and just you in general. So they can really help you out. And Jeremy and I have only been working together for probably about four or five tournaments now. But even so far, like, he's made a huge difference in my game, and I'm just excited to have him um, for the rest of the year at least. Something tells me that he doesn't have to calm you down out there. You don't seem like the kind of person who would really get worked up, but is that is that true? <laughs> yeah, 
I don't really get upset. I would say, yeah, I don't really get upset. I usually just, if I start having a little bit of anxiety, like putting pressure on myself, usually he can kind of tell and he kind of just starts talking a little bit and calms me down, which is nice. Okay, well, I do need to say one thing is that the ShopRite Classic is coming out uh, into the yeah, shortly after the U.S. Women's Open. It'll be out in my hood. I recently did a little caddying. I'm doing a little bit more next week. <laughs> if Jeremy can't quite make it to the Northeast or if you need somebody, I think you've got my number now. You can you can just hold on to yeah. that information. Okay, I will for sure. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. I'm actually playing that turn. A lot of girls don't play it because it's the week after an open, but I am playing that week. All right. And well, I'm excited. Well, at the very least, there will be plenty of fans uh, that now know you a little bit better that I'll be com- able to come out and Perfect. watch you. Um, and I'll Perfect. just be waiting there at, in the front of the clubhouse with the caddy bib on. Sounds good. <laughs> come in, coach, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, we can leave it at that. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, good luck at the U.S. Open. Thank you so much. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. See ya. Thank you. Apologies to any SEC, uh, specifically Auburn golf fans out there. But thank you for listening to this episode of the Golf.com podcast. You can track Emma's progress during the Women's Open in just two weeks, like we said, down in Alabama at Shoal Creek. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock. Thank you.